Strange days we're having, Greg. <laughs> Indeed, Brian. So, so Cerise, you've oh, been, no. I, I suspect, in anticipation of your new show, airing all your dirty laundry, your worst takes, your most problematic stances, your most cringe passions. One of those I was truly shocked by. Specifically, <laughs> I'm talking about your pictorial confession that you once longed to be a boomer. <laughs> and and that this yearning manifested itself most powerfully, like really powerfully, as a love of the doors. You were a teenage thrall of the long dead Jim Morrison. Speak on it. <laughs> I will say that one of the the worst things that 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 fandom like compelled me to do was buy a flight to France um, and then go to Paris, like for the purpose of going to Jim Morrison's grave. But I was just really on my like I was born in the wrong generation shit for a while. Um, I had baby cancer. And when you have baby cancer, they give you like a make a wish. And I just hoarded it for like many, many years long after I stopped having baby cancer. And then I used it when Hurricane Sandy happened to go to the the concert that Jon Stewart put together that had like Paul McCartney and uh, like Pink Floyd. And it, yeah, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> seeing like an 80 year old Paul McCartney live would be very cringe and then I was posting pictures of it to Instagram that like I was so far in the back there's really nothing to be captured and then I was oh you really did save the make a wish like Instagram was around (laughs) (laughs) no I was I was like fully 16 years old I had baby cancer when I was like five so you know what we call that (laughs) investing yeah yeah, I was gonna say You socked it away for uh, so for a rainy like, day. Is there no limit on Make a Wish? Can you just keep that so you're eighty? I think that you have to maybe um, use it before you turn eighteen, but I'm not sure. I don't remember what the rules were. I just know that I was hoarding it and waiting for something good to happen because people use it to meet a celebrity. But I never wanted to do that because, like, you can tell that the celebrities are just, like, kind of sad and, like, phoning it in. I don't, like, mm. <laughs> I don't want to meet someone. Never meet five, your heroes. I don't want to meet someone for five minutes who tells me, like, how inspirational I am for nearly dying. That's better, not great. Better to idolize someone who's dead, who can't disappoint yeah. you and oh, take yeah. a pilgrimage <laughs> to their grave. <laughs> Love to turn to my friends and say, Channing Tatum just said I'm inspirational to him. <laughs> <laughs> They said, you're the real hero. <laughs> That's so funny. No, you're like watching CNN, seeing like the troops like going to Afghanistan. And you're like, see, those those people are heroes. But the real hero is with us all along and looks you dead in the eyes. It's <laughs> like, damn. I <laughs> never thought about like, it that right way. When 9-11 happened because I. I um, yeah, yeah. You, wait, hold on. Do you think it was related? Uh, for me, it was because nine eleven that was like within my the first jet fuel. my first month of kindergarten was was nine eleven, and I remember like all of us reeling in school for like a week or two after that, and then I had to get pulled out to go be in the hospital like nonstop for six months. So my only memories of what school was like 
was like evacuations and like teachers crying. Um, and yeah. <laughs> wow. I got back to school for first grade and I was like, oh, this is different. <laughs> different, different from what I remembered. <laughs> yeah. There's no 9 11 this year. <laughs> That's not an every year occurrence. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, when I was 16, around the time of 9-11, I was writing uh, an op-ed in the school paper denouncing the Make-A-Wish Nerd. Foundation. What? <laughs> uh, in the Make-A-Wish Foundation? That's a whole other story. That was like my, what is the most arch-contrarian take I can come up with? Because the every year my high school put on a powder puff football game to raise money for um, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's for me, so or, that I could go know. see Pink Floyd yeah. live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Greg, Greg, and John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Hey, Greg's school paid for that, and then... And Kanye. Oh, Kanye wow. Wore, Kanye wore a skirt. Wait, um, Kanye? Well, Kanye oh, it was, was there? It was a jam-packed concert, because they were fundraising wow. for the victims of Hurricane Sandy, which was also me, so I doubly deserve to be mm-hmm. there. Uh, but yeah, there was wow. Kanye, Alicia Keys was there, uh, Dave Grohl, who did like a little song with Paul McCartney, Pink Floyd, Bruce Springsteen, John mm-hmm. Stewart, all the all was the it Gilmore players. and Waters? Like, w- were they like reunited for this? Because like they were not working with each other for a while before. You know, I'm gonna admit to never having been a Pink Floyd person, so I don't actually know. That's okay. Nobody needs to listen to Boomer Rock. Yeah, you gotta uh, disagree, but you got you gotta um, you know uh, put that this, on your thread, uh, on your call out thread, on your self cancellation thread that you're doing. Problematic post. Yeah, well, we, we we have a medium article like queued up already. <laughs> oh, like you know, we just have to press publish when we're when we turn on you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> this this podcast has a very like troubled relationship with boomer rock music. I also had a very very long I was born in the wrong generation phase. I ha- I had a very long boomer rock music phase that definitely included uh The Doors for sure. Um and they I you know, they come up on this show uh as sort of an example of uh this insane overreach of boomer nostalgia in the nineties, like of declare declaring Jim Morrison, like an American saint and like a poet of his generation. Um, and you know, teens across America recreating, uh, Jim Morrison photo shoots where he's shirtless and, you know, doing the Vitruvian man. Um, I I didn't, I wasn't cool enough to recreate any photo shoots, but we've seen evidence that Cerise was. People thought I was really cool for that in high school. I posted it to Facebook. I don't doubt it. And people were like, wow, this is incredible. Where'd you get the You're arty, you're serious, (laughs) you're into cool things that... It seems like aren't being like shoveled down your throat by media, mm-hmm. but of course, like the the boomer nostalgia Ooh. machine was absolutely doing that. Oh, and like um, everyone else, I've come- like in my tiny little small town, I took a picture with my three friends on the one main street that we had, crossing it like it was Abbey Road, and people were like, "Wow, like really creative." Oh, no. <laughs> Deep brutal. <down>. brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, to be clear. 
inspired by your photo collection, we're all currently shirtless with puka shell necklaces posing <laughs> in Jim yeah, Morrison yeah. poses. It's unfortunately yeah, this is an audio recording, so people can't see it, but yeah. we're all currently doing our best uh, Doors cover album. You can get on video for the Patreon exclusive. How much? How much money yeah, do you need yeah. uh, in order to show your audience your hips? <laughs> what would do for free, but you're you're smart to say we should charge. Yeah, no, we we need to have a we need to have a price. If we if we get up to what I mean, it, what like if we get to, uh 250 pa- patrons, I, oh, I think, I think nip, nips could be shown. Sonia will show his nips. Okay, Tumblr, I, we have to show some male presenting nipples. Well, yeah, 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 I guess that is true. This this episode is all about <laughs> that very thing. Male presenting. Yeah, nipples. I mean, this episode's gonna need some yeah. cover art. So, uh, let's just snap a screenshot of our chat here. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I think you should also play this. You play Discord. the steel drums. You should all send your Discord your uh, shirtless pictures and let them vote on which one is the best, and that can be mm-hmm. the oh, cover nice. Art. Yeah. The Discord just wants to see our feet. They don't care. <laughs> That's the next Patreon tier. <laughs> yeah, the feet tier. Mm-hmm. Seriously. <laughs> so what? So how? Do, so wait. So how do you feel about the doors now? You were a big uh, Jim Morrison head in the past. Like where? Where have you arrived at it now? Um, I feel like I don't have any negative opinions, but I also feel like I am not doing enough drugs to be regularly listening to them right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on a, um, what kind of music do I like now? I like music that sounds like, like Beyblades sort of. It, it, it sounds, it sounds like a, a computer dr- like took Molly. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, like what, like a deep fried Instagram meme would sound like. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, that that is what it is. A deep fried, like, (laughs) deep, deep, deep fried Instagram meme that, like, was, um, somehow posted on like windows xp with the volume on full blast and i know that you mean um, it's a compliment Munian. yeah no 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 it's a complete comp like that is amazing like I, I, what it's called hyper pop uh i turned Munian into a 100 gex head yeah yeah if, if you get it, the for, for the listeners it, and i got the the 5g injection uh, the two things are related. yeah 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 i got the 5g and now i like 100 gex so for <laughs> listeners if you don't know what hyper pop is like just like listen to like a good starting place is to listen oh. to the 100 gex oh, okay. album all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you agree cerise i mean you're the expert here no i'm gonna let you do this i i like it when men make music recommendations Okay, cool. Because like I think that's that's our whole thing is like uh, is talking about our ideas and giving recommendations to people unsolicited. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and pretending that we're experts on things. Hyperpop. It's that it's for men. <laughs> wow. It's, okay. It's, men, it's men's music. <laughs> is it okay? I mean, I've <laughs> only what? like I don't on think, Twitter. Okay. On Twitter, when people kept saying "dudes rock," was that what they were referring to? They're like "dudes <laughs> rock," hyper pop. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're I do not find associate out. it with men, um, so that's that's very interesting. <laughs> well, we're gonna find out, uh, guys. Today, the whole hour, we're talking our friends Jim, Ray, Robbie, John. We're breaking down the doors uh, to start out. When we come back, 
Uh, we're going to dissect the scene in Oliver Stone's movie, The Doors, where Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison suggests to his film school buddy, Kyle McLaughlin as Raymond Zarek, they should call their band The Doors of Perception. And Ray says, what about just The Doors? And how that's just like that scene in the social network Justin Timberlake uh, says, what about just Facebook? It's cleaner. Drop um, the the. <laughs> when we come back. Welcome to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live from Eucolic Freak Farms, hidden away in the valley near the very heart of this state, some 200 miles from Seattle, Washington. That city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today, where just behind us are herd of organic, cage-free, soy-fed big naturals serenely <laughs> roam a shallow riverbed, blissfully removed from the pressures of voracious predators like the infamous pack hunter, the North American reply guy. That's right. <laughs> it's Mechanical Freak. <laughs> oh, Colin's got my number. Fuck yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Well, we are very excited because today we have one of the dearest friends of the show to talk about their new project. You know them from such triumphs as declaring NFTs to be a kind of star registry on this very show. Uh, hopefully, you know them from Clout Dynasty on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. We've got Cerise on the pod via satellite Yay. from Philly, right? Yeah, that's where I live now. Do you want my address? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Social we security just, as well. We just, we just dog series on bond. <laughs> That's the Patreon episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, the docs tier. <laughs> Cerise, you're here. Thank you for coming. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm so good. I love Philadelphia. It's great. I've been eating cannolis every day. Hell yeah. I actually, I have a friend here in Seattle who's moving to Philadelphia in like a week and our uh, East Asia correspondent is also moving to Philly. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> like, everybody's there's a coming to Philly. Philly's the place yeah. to be, apparently. I guess so. The, it's the best city on the East Coast. I I know very little about Philly except it's the setting of uh, Trading Places, one of my favorite you, movies. You'd have to leave the state of Washington to know something about Philly, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, okay, so Cerise, you are here to educate us on a lot of things. But first of all, uh, you know, we're big fans of Cloud Dynasty, wow. the show that you and Steven put on on Twitch. Um, but you've got a new project coming, uh, Big Soy Naturals, a podcast coming to a pod app near you, everybody. Uh, it's Cerise and Kendall. Uh, tell us, Cerise, what's Big Soy Naturals all about? <laughs> uh, Big Soy Naturals is, I think, my and my friend Kendall, who is she Herzog on Twitter and on TikTok, where she's currently being canceled and silenced for truth. Um, but it's our <laughs> cool. attempt to kind of excavate like 
the bowels of the internet because we've realized that even though people like to say that the internet is forever, it's not really, um, you know, it's evidenced by, it's so sad that Flash is gone. I really miss it. (laughs) Okay. I mean, literally me and Brian had to go through loops and bounds. We were recording a podcast and we wanted to play Flash games and we're like, fuck, like Flash is gone. Like we, we literally were pulling Flash games out of the memory hole and we we're like oh my yep. god what is this game what is this it's game we went to an extent where we found we yep. literally found like this like emulator um that like some guys like basically just archived a ton of games i had to download it onto a flash stick give it to brian put install it on his computer just to play those flash games and it was marvelous but so those are literally gone forever you know that you mm-hmm. would say that because i remember not that long ago I came to you so sad, saying, Munya, I can't believe that Flash is gone. I'm distraught. And you were like, LOL, Flash sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Reese, I'll tell you the secret. We were were supposed to be working, and instead we spent hours trying to find Flash games that I vaguely remembered from 20 years ago. It it was a procrastination technique. Yeah, have a project that you're trying to work on and finish. And one that you really care about and you wanted to get done. It was our friendship. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess that does not matter. Fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Kendall and I just came to the realization that like a lot of people who are currently like being paid to write or talk about the internet just like approach the subject with a lot of disdain for its subjects or trying to like repackage it for like uh, an uninterested boomer audience. Um, and so aren't really that interested in getting deep into it. And I feel like, I don't know, they're, they're doing like a very like old school anthropology sort of thing where they're like, look at these, look at these weirdos online instead of, um, I think like approaching it with more empathy for its subjects or trying to explore the like real world connections between things that are happening. So we're just trying to fill that gap and also, um, have fun. And we have big Here's these teens doing the renegade. Uh-huh. Look at this weird dance move. Your kid probably does this dance move. That's basically <laughs> how the New York Times well, like covers the internet. Like, oh, this this brand new social media platform has racists on it. What's wrong with the platform that it's making racists? And it's like that's it's a very interesting the racists. way to, to approach that subject rather than like asking maybe what what it is about the platform that's like facilitating those conversations but like they were already on the world um <laughs> tiktok is not turning your kid into a nazi they were probably already yeah. one and then they were hanging yeah. out with other nazis on tiktok you hear that discord please do not ban us it's not our fault our discord has turned into <laughs> a toxic breeding ground uh they they were always this way before they subscribed yeah the our discord has talked back to the hosts of this podcast before and i find that to be uh, extremely troubling <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, this little experiment needs to come to an end. That was. uh... What would you say that you're radicalizing your fans into? What are they? What are they becoming? Hating this show. That's what we're radicalizing them into. (laughs) No longer being fans of the show. Sad. 
<laughs> hey man, Patreon numbers are going up, like you said. <laughs> I mean, well, look, the ultimate. Just, the, oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Communism Kills? She's on Twitter now, but she was a she was a Tumblr celebrity first. But she was the one that started. I think my favorite, my favorite ever like Patreon tier, which was for $7,000 a month, pay me to be quiet. Like I will stop posting. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You got to really, you got to be real annoying to, to make that work. I mean, did anyone take her up on it? No, but people were like constantly bullying her, telling her that she looked like the school shooter from Degrassi Remember at one point, someone like posted being like, I the can't one that murdered Drake. <laughs> yeah. Being like, I can't believe it. I just saw communism kills at the grocery store. Like, she looked horrible. And then she was like, no, you didn't. And they were like, how do you even know, like, <laughs> whether or not I saw you? And she's like, because I don't leave my house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but now she's, wow. she's friends with like Ben Shapiro and like, that that whole crowd of things so um the, i guess she's cool gone up a little bit and she doesn't get bullied on twitter the same way she got bullied on tumblr because i think people on twitter they're too professional so so if i understand it this is the kind of focus of big soy naturals is like looking back at these internet cultures of the last of the sort of internet age that is sort of fading away from memory and analyzing it in a more subtle way than you think has been done up to now, right? Yeah, I think not just looking back, but trying to, um, I guess, connect what was happening in the the days of online past to what's going on now. We have a Chris mm-hmm. Chan episode that's coming out soon, which I'm pretty excited, but also like nervous for because Chris Chan, I don't know if you know who that that is and like congratulations if you don't. Um, but she's just a person on the internet that has been, um, pretty like relentlessly followed and documented by 4chan trolls for the past like decade and a half. Um, and so there's just like hundreds of pages on a wiki, like just for her about all the cringe and bad things that she's done. And then there's just like a ton of people whose whole role it is online is to mess with her and goad her into doing bad and worse stuff so yeah i'm I'm excited for that but also i'm afraid of her fans i guess they're not fans her trolls her haters (laughs) yeah so if we listen to this episode you will explain whether this person is good or bad Mm, yes i mean she's she's bad she's bad but also there's okay. something like, deep, deeply sad about people who have dedicated like 15 years of their life to following around and harassing a bad person um and also like in her situation like goading her into doing worse stuff so that they can post about it and be like we uh, we caught her doing this bad thing ah uh, okay so yeah so you're I get this as like a, a media strategy punching up and uh, cause you know, you can take the, you know, you can take the, what comes back. Right. And only grow stronger. I mean, hell we probably, you know, our biggest bump in listenership was whenever we went after Katie Herzog. Uh, so, you know, maybe we should keep, maybe we should start some more feuds like that. I don't yeah. Know. Get a I new mean, enemy. I mean, 
There's a difference between like giving a critique um, versus being like a parasocial hater, which is definitely what you are if you are spending hours a day dedicated to finding things about this person who like isn't anyone. Like she's just a like a mm-hmm. random weirdo on the internet, but you've decided that she's mm-hmm. like sufficiently cringe enough that you're going to spend like all of your time online finding out about every yeah. bad thing that she's ever done and then like goading other people into talking to her and pretending to be her friend so that she can confess more bad stuff to you. And then you're like, oh, we're, yeah. Yeah, wild. we're exposing the truth. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird that people become uh, so invested in, uh, you know, people online that are not in any way uh, famous or journalists or politicians or whatever, uh, that they would invest so much time in attacking them uh, and it really shows the bizarre parasocial relationships that we develop online. And uh, Cerise, y'all are doing the Lord's work over there for excavating all of this <laughs> and uh, showing it to us uh, normal people who uh, can't can't be bothered, <laughs> haven't bothered Good. yet to I'm figure normal. out all these stories. <laughs> uh. I'm normal. <laughs> nah, you, you know, you, you're going out and you're, for the rest of us, you're saying like, look, I know nobody wants to dig into this swamp, so I'm going to do it for you and show you, and show you all the way. Yeah, and we, you have to give Kendall your support on TikTok because she is she is currently being canceled for truth. Critical support to Kendall, everyone. Yeah, like, come listen to at she I even, on I don't even know what the fight's about. I give totally uncritical support to Kendall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. It, it can't. Can we? Is it a funny story? Uh, why Kendall's being canceled? I mean, Kendall or is no? Constantly getting canceled. On yeah. TikTok Because their thing is that they are not nice. Um, <laughs> because really, no one on there deserves it. Like Kendall has just like a very mm-hmm. like valid hatred of their many fans. Like I think Kendall is at. T- like 30,000 followers on TikTok or something, but all, their comment section is always atrocious. Um, and Kendall is very mean to them. But at the moment, I think uh, Kendall is partway canceled for making fun of military wives for writing bad Star Wars fan fiction um, because they don't have anything going on romantically in their own lives. Um, <laughs> Absolutely based hero, an absolute hero. Mm -hmm. Cancelled, I think, for making fun of fans of uh, different stand-up comedians who have decided to turn them into like small bean characters, and then like get upset when they're actually human beings. Um, So. It's yeah, it's very funny. They really don't like her on there, but they keep following her and giving her attention, but then reporting her account. And so now she can't comment on any of her own videos. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. That's the best punishment a site can give you is you can't comment on your own. (laughs) You can keep putting it out. Just can't comment. People on TikTok are so funny because if you make a joke being like, oh, uh, like I have an intrusive thought about this thing and it's sort of like a lighthearted joke, then someone will come in and be like, um, excuse me, like this is really offensive to me personally, who I feel like you maybe made this video about because I have intrusive thoughts and they're a really serious problem. And like, 
why wouldn't you think about that before you make this video about your own experience and the joke? Like, why didn't you think about me? Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then people are well, like, yeah, that's so valid. That's so valid. <laughs> well, this is, I think, the... Uh, this is the psychosis or whatever of uh, the online world, because you get this a little bit on Twitter, too, of people who, because they're reading it on their phone, think, well, this person's message must be to me. <laughs> Otherwise, why would yeah. I be reading it on my when phone? When they said touch right grass, now? they didn't consider that I can't leave my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's maybe a more sympathetic way to think about it, that people are deluded into thinking like, you know, this pertains to them personally. When I, To me, that phenomenon feels more like people out there through the phone feel like they've got something to grab onto. Something has dangled in front of them that they can latch on and be indignant about, uh, which is the most like sacred emotion and expression you can have as a modern American is to be like righteously indignant about something. And when you have that, when you have that, that casus belli for aggret for, you know, comment aggression, uh, you're not going to just let it go, you know? Mm -hmm. two, there's two things Americans are just really good at. It's getting really mad and <laughs> calling the manager. And if Twitter, <laughs> if Twitter is two things, <laughs> it's about getting mad and calling the manager. Yeah, Whether that's, Twitter, Twitter is a direct yeah. line to everyone's manager. It, kind it of is. It is, the, it is the platform of, is literally the can I talk to the manager app. Like that, mm. that is what it is. You know the term, like, your fave is problematic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So that, like, comes from, from Tumblr. And that was, like, one of the things that at some point I feel like Kendall and I are going to talk about because we found out sort of recently that like the, that term comes from the name of a Tumblr blog that would just post these like long recitations of celebrities and like eventually other just like random Tumblr users with all of their sins <laughs> and this like bullet point, like starting to eat its own <laughs> hyperlinked format that presented like every single bad thing that they had ever done, like totally divorced <laughs> of context because it was trying to be an exhaustive list of like all of the bad things. Any person Everyone's faves. Yeah. <laughs> it would, it would put like things that probably did not belong in the same list together. Like your fave is problematic would include like, this celebrity did blackface and has sexual assault allegations or something. And then it would also include like this celebrity had a mean tweet about another celebrity yeah. and it just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of made it really impossible as like a user to like give things the weight that it needed to be Some addressed. Leveling um, all outrage. Like I think also because it was, <laughs> because mm. it was so like exhaustive, but also every single celebrity would end up having a post like this about them. There was never, like it never resulted in any kind of action against them it, mm -hmm. like i just i felt like i saw those posts either being used to hey everybody uh we're back but we're not all back we had some podcast technical difficulties look it's not brian's fault we were having some connection issues the software we use for remotes was being finicky and then it offered up to brian a button that said dumbass clicks here and the rest is oblivion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that too mean? 
I can cut that. Is that too mean? No, it's not, no. really not Brian's fault. No, you know? guys, do not, do not raid Brian on the Discord. <laughs> if you're, uh, if you're a free listener, uh, absolutely do not become a patron and join the Discord and like at Brian and say, "What the hell, man? Like, why? What were you thinking? <laughs> you know." <laughs> it really isn't his fault when the awful software, which is bad because it is software that runs on a computer and all of that stuff is bad uh said to brian hey the thing you need is not working do you want to do the thing that you need and get the data you need and he said yes and obviously it was actually like, like a yeah. riddle that because the what he said <laughs> i guess he was supposed to know from context cues that what it actually meant was this will nuke your data uh, yeah, hey, do you want to nuke your data and completely destroy it? And it's like in this big bubble and it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it, like you don't even like look at it. It's just like, why would they give you that option in the first place? And not say that that's going to do that. Yeah, um, it's just like, well, you like to try to get it. But really, secretly, what this means is um, it's going to be gone. So we lost the rest of the recording you were just listening to. So now I am back with Munya and Cerise to finish off this discussion because we didn't want to leave you hanging there. Of course, um, because, you know, uh, not enough people subscribe to this podcast on Patreon. So we don't all do this as a full time job. Uh, Brian and Colin couldn't be here, but uh, we'll we've got a little more good stuff for you here. Uh, So. Welcome back, everybody. How you guys doing? Money? Are you feeling good? Oh, uh, we're. I'm. I'm feeling great. I'm so feeling great. I'm. We're bouncing back. Thanks for and coming Munya, back. Does that mean that Munya does do it as a full time job? And then, how did you choose which one of you gets all the Patreon dollars? Was it was it like in privilege <laughs> order? Because um, that would be very Tumblr. Yes, yes. It, it was. It was. It was in. Um. It was in social. We did the social hierarchy. And, um, you know, we, we analyzed based on a lot of different factors, you know, um, (laughs) I once lived in a house that had a tour chart divided by privilege. Um, and I guess (laughs) I, I won because who was was on top, you were, you were the most, like least privileged. I was on the the bottom, which I guess in real life would make me a loser, but in the house Uh made me a winner because I didn't have to do anything. It was not my idea to divide the chore chart by privilege. So like straight, straight cis white males, um, that come from like a middle income or above have to take out the trash and like do the dishes. Mm-hmm. And I have to do nothing. But I lived in a closet also. And Some white cis males like doing chores. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What if they like doing chores? Is that then like, you know, like, is that a Uno reverse card in a way? <laughs> I mean, that's kind <laughs> of like, um, I guess like white people that have like a, like a humiliation kink and you never know. Which, which ones of those are out there when you're calling people names. They might secretly be into it. Yeah, keep that in mind next time uh, you want to commit is, reverse racism, people. <laughs> My theory is that a lot of people on Twitter have a humiliation <laughs> kink. I don't know why they'd be offering up a lot of the information that they do if, if it were not for that. Nominally, I, I would do. agree. You know, I think <laughs> that there is some sadism involved with like posting so much, especially on Twitter. I think so. We all is that a problematic kink? Yes or no? Modern Americans. 
Oh yeah, we should. We should, I mean, I think that's something to tweet. I think the meta thing would be to start Twitter discourse on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Preferably in June, so you can like make it about pride too. Hey. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so. In our earlier discussion, we heard all about Big Soy Naturals, uh, the kind of topics mm-hmm. and insight uh, you two plan to offer generously to your listeners in waiting very soon. Uh, I, I I'm myself am fairly pigs. new. Okay, to, <laughs> to all those uh, pay pigs in waiting out there, get ready to suckle at those Big Soy Naturals. Um, <laughs> I am... I, I myself am fairly relatively new to online. Like I had a MySpace uh, at one time before it was ghettoized. Uh, I had a Facebook in college before it was boomerfied. But that's it. Like I, I didn't. I was you know a late adopter to Twitter. I, I never really had any of these other sort of online social experiences. And so, like with everything we've talked about, one. Th- question which preoccupies me uh that i feel like is going to come up a lot on big soy naturals because it seems to come up when in discussions of online cultures and particularly in left spaces and that question is what is or was tumblr cerise can you tell me I mean, actually, I guess Tumblr was just a, a microblogging platform, but what it turned into, um, I guess it still is, is doing that with something so so much more. Um, and I I prepared a little post for the two of you to do a dramatic reading of that I think ah. exemplifies exactly what Tumblr was oh, well, and perfect. is. That, that's correct. And now, at your solicitation... We mm-hmm. will uh, now uh, read said post. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cock is one of my favorite tastes. Not only that, but balls smell amazing. It makes me go a little crazy on it, to be honest. Like, I cannot get it far enough down my throat to be satisfied. I'm only satisfied when I feel those intense, powerful, salty, hot pumps of cum down my throat. When I sit back on my heels, look up at you with cum all over my mouth and slobber running down my neck, hair all fucked up and wipe my mouth with the back of my arm and ask you if I did a good job. And you cannot even speak because I've drained all your energy out the tip of your dick. That's when I'm satisfied. John Green, you nasty and ugly as hell. Shut the fuck up. Sweetie, you are literally so out of line as fucking unbelievable. I could drag you so hard right now, but I know you'll just end up crying. I've roasted you before and you know it. Chances are you'll <laughs> sorry. Chances are you'll just say I bullied you because you're gay and have different skin. Oops. Talk shit, get hit. You don't want to mess with me, kiddo. I've got a black belt. I know threats are fucked up, but that's all I've been receiving all day. Probably from her royal hood rat Olive and all of her nasty friends. <laughs> but you can gang up on me and make fun of me for being goth all you want. I've been hurt a lot. 
My first boyfriend cheated on me. My dad screams if I forget to do chores. And there are some days I don't even want to get out of bed in the mornings. I'm a jaded teenage girl. I've been through shit that you wouldn't even dream of. You think your life is hard? Try asking the cutest guy in your grade out in the middle of the cafeteria only to find out he has a fucking girlfriend. (laughs) You don't know my life or my story, so keep my name out of your nasty mouth. Life is a battlefield, and it looks like I've already won. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Incredible reading. Uh, thank and you that, for that. that. <laughs> was an original quote by young adult author John Green, former Tumblr celebrity John Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So, yeah, Brian was very excited when he read ahead in the notes and did some Googling before I snapped at him and told him to save it for the show, was because he knew immediately who John Green was. And, and you said, yeah, a. Uh, uh, young adult author. What what are his mm-hmm. notable yeah, titles? He wrote The Fault in Our Stars, Paper Towns, Looking oh, for Alaska, one. and Abundance of Catherines. I'm pretty sure I know all of the books because they were all really Tumblr famous because he was very Tumblr famous. I was about to say his is in that moment we were infinite, but I'm pretty sure that was that's perks of being a wallflower. But regardless. He was he was a big man on campus on Tumblr.com, which meant, of course, that his cancellation was inevitable. Um, He started out being really (laughs) popular on Tumblr because he engaged a lot with his fans and all of his fans are mostly teenage girls because a lot of his books are about teenage girls. And then, of course, the narrative started that maybe it's a little bit problematic that this man (laughs) is writing books about young women uh, who are under the age of 18. Maybe that's a little bit suspicious. <laughs> and so his, his fall on Tumblr was uh, probably quicker than his rise. And it revealed some cracks in the website, which I guess was just run by people who had never thought about the mechanics of running a website before. Because the reason that that post exists is because Tumblr used to have the feature that you could go in and edit the text directly of people's posts when you reblogged it. Which would be like if you quote tweeted someone on Twitter and were able to just change all of the words of their original tweet and then dunk on them and be like, damn, you crazy for this. Damn, what the hell? (laughs) That absolutely rocked. Um, and so I think his original post was just something about like one of his books and then they changed it to be, you know, I love the the taste of cock and balls. <laughs> and then he was uh, and then someone said, you know, you're crazy for this, John Green. And he was like, Well, actually, like, I think that this is bullying and it doesn't bother me, but it might bother someone else. It's kind of homophobic to, you know, imply that maybe it's funny that someone likes the taste of cock and balls. Some people actually do like it not me um but it, this is fine and then they changed that to just be the follow-up response that you read of course. He, he got the, <laughs> the tumblr police on the phone and it was only after that that they changed that feature but that was in 2013 and tumblr launched in like 2006 so from 2006 to 2013 people were just like <laughs> changing the text of the words of their enemies 
um, and their friends for fun. So, so John Green was then the first to call the manager about how the platform worked. And yeah, at least there, in that instance. But I feel like really any time major changes were made, it was never because the people that ran it were like, oh, we're going to improve the website. It was because like intense bullying had happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I guess we, we have to change things for one of the few famous people that use the site. Well, what I love about this, too, is like I, on the one hand, it would be beautiful to imagine that the troll who reblogged and edited this text just in a an ecstatic effort of pure authorship just conjured these posts uh, to put into the mouth of uh, Tumblr famous author John Green. Um, but it's not, they, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. They read like these are posts from somewhere else on Tumblr that someone posted <laughs> earnestly that were repurposed. Am I, am I, that's my anthropological sense here. They're too good. They're too good not to be real. I mean, well, I, 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 I draw a direct connection, though. I would not be surprised. I found this on Tumblr today because I was doing, doing a little bit of research. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't know if I can read this. This is pretty explicit. But it's a very, very long message that someone sent anonymously to another person's account about how they think their high school teacher might have had a breeding fetish. And they just sent unsolicited a lot of information about that and then they said sorry for being mentally ill in your inbox so that was, that was kind of just <laughs> the flavor of that website it still is well you know what, what, what something that struck me about the uh, follow-up response from you know allegedly john green really someone who edited john green's post <laughs> Was that um, it really reminded me of that copy paste um, where uh, the guy was like talking about it was like, the what the fuck did you just fucking say about me? You fucking bitch. Like, I'll have you know that I am like a trained in guerrilla warfare. But class, spell, yeah. yeah, I was top of my class. And he's like, you're you're fucking dead, kiddo. And, like he spells guerrilla warfare with like, like the actual animal gorilla. <laughs> you know? but, yeah, I have 19 confirmed kills and I haven't even been trying. Like, what if I see you? You're fucking dead. Like, that. That that's what it kind of reminds me of. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it seems I like when you okay, could bully it, no? public figures <laughs> directly online. They chased Donald Trump off. I think for similar reasons. They just like kept going in and editing his posts until eventually. Um, Trump he, was on Tumblr. Yeah, fully deleted his account. You know what's interesting is that Obama was the only presidential candidate that like had a Tumblr platform, I guess, because 2008 was right in the middle of when Tumblr was really big and really relevant. So first and last uh, Tumblr president, Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> so oh, that's incredible. This gives us that's a little a bit of the flavor of that website. Like, do you have a sense of why? Like, why do I know about it in the way that I do? Like, why does it come up in uh, discussions from people in on the left, like as a seminal place for them at some time? Why are some people sort of still why was is, was it so important to some people that they're still sort of bummed that it's uh, 
that it's changed or it, whatever was important about it to them is dead. Like, what was its like <laughs> yeah, cultural the, place for people? I think that what made Tumblr kind of special for its time was the amount of reach someone could have to a relatively low follower count. And I think also it is the last form of social media, probably due to the ineptitude of the uh, Tumblr staff, but it's it's the last form of social media where it's pretty difficult to monetize your content. So you just had a lot of people creating on there for the sake of creating. And I think it's probably not unfair to say that a lot of younger people who are on the left or whatever you want to call it, got radicalized on Tumblr for better or for worse. I really cringe to think about the amount of posts that were written by me and my mentally ill friends um, who were all teenagers that got like hundreds of thousands of notes doing like socialist discourse <laughs> that, that really took no, off. No. But I think that Tumblr was a lot of people's first exposure to concepts like feminism and social justice and socialism. Uh, most of the time for worse. I mean, like I was going to say for better, or for worse, I'm going to say most of the time for worse um, unless they went and actually looked up the concepts that people were talking about and it led them to read books. Um, but I don't know if, if the majority of people did that. Interesting. So, well, that brings us to another piece of this, which is that Tumblr is in some ways your origin story. You were, I am led to understand at one time, Tumblr famous yourself. <laughs> the, uh, what were you Tumblr Tumblr famous for exactly? Um, I think for having a personality um, that I was not embarrassed enough of to keep to myself, um, and I had a lot of like niche interests in art and pop culture. And I kind of credit myself and some of my friends on there for the resurgence of like early 2000s uh, pop culture interest, which was a mistake. Um, but, it, but a lot of it was I like, think just, I it. go ahead. Like even like the Y2K um, uh, like style trend. Well, that's all happening now. But we in the year 2010 and 2011 were already performing nostalgia for 2002 and 2003. Um, and oh, ahead like, of the curve. <laughs> yeah, very ahead of the curve and like posting scans from fashion magazines at the time. There's one blog that I still really recommend called Pop Culture Died in 2009, um, which I think is true that was sort of dedicated to this idea that uh, pop culture used to be a lot more interesting before 2009, which is the same year that Twitter came out. I'm pretty sure. Right. Is that 2008? Uh, Twitter actually like started in 2006 technically, but it was really only like people who like attended the tech session of South by Southwest who used it at that time. So Um, the interactive (laughs) session. Yeah. You know, like, like people who are like, Oh, like what if we put Wi-Fi routers on homeless people? Like, you know, like that could like disrupt uh, (laughs) stuff, you know? Uh, What is it disrupting? It really only like 
to yeah it, like really yeah exactly it only really took form in like 2008 to like non like tech people like on the inside um i would say but it started in 06 and really got 08 and 09 it really took off got it yeah because i i think the idea that that pop culture died in 2009 is sort of based on the fact that before that we didn't have a direct line of access to celebrities so they were just a lot more interesting before then because we didn't get to read their thoughts and they didn't have to post every few days so there is just a little bit more mystique to them it was also before the kardashians blew up who i think killed the early 2000 socialites so i was i was performing a lot of nostalgia for that time and people were really into it um and also liked my mentally ill personality um and my outfits both of which are still delighting fans and followers well now i have a mentally well personality but thank you (laughs) yes yes the mentally well personality still great outfits though and we appreciate that (laughs) but yeah people Um, were coming into my inbox when i was 15 years old asking me for relationship advice and i was responding as if i was qualified to answer their questions I mean, yeah. honestly, the relationship advice columnists that are out there right now, you, you might might have like stood the test of time, to be honest. Like those people sometimes don't give the best advice. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah, I'm ready to start or restart body count discourse on Twitter now. OK, perfect. I mean, we need a little outrage cycle to happen. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of quiet on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, um, that should be a new a new feature of either your new show or um, Cloud Dynasty. Is get you know, <laughs> uh, let relationship advice letters from from your uh, pay pigs and steer them mm-hmm. astray. When we hit our next Twitch uh, goal, we will reveal our body counts for for the audience. Oh my God, that's huge. Everyone subscribe to Cloud Dynasty right now. We need to hear Steven and Cerise's body counts. Let's go. Let's get those hearts going, folks. So what, like, why, why specifically, and maybe this is just like the lens, I'm sure maybe Tumblr was a bigger place than this, but why specifically does it come up on the left as a space? Like, Lots of platforms could have been theoretically like a place you could be introduced to socialist ideas. Do you have a, you know, a an idea of why specifically uh, Tumblr was a venue for feminism, socialism, those kind of things? I think that Tumblr was probably and still is probably the only social media platform that trends its users leftwards, like. If you're on Reddit, you can be in a subreddit for a certain political idea or whatever, and the mods can just lock down conversation that they don't agree with. Um, so it's really easy for like super reactionary spaces on there to grow because they can just shout out everyone that calls them wrong. Um, I feel like Twitter is pretty insular, and I don't think that you get exposed to tweets from accounts aside from like the networks of the ones that you follow. And also I think it's only like 5% of the accounts on Twitter, like actually tweet. So I don't think it's a really great place for conversation. Instagram is giving people like Facebook brain um, and it doesn't have any citations. 
And I think it's like pretty difficult to circulate posts from people outside of like your network. Oh no! Oh no! Hey, impolite. What do you have to say? Good doggy. She's not good. good. That was bad. She's got to be quiet. No, you're a good doggy. Don't listen to Cerise. You're a good doggy. She's not Dogs good. Dogs are always good. That's that's literally false. Um, yeah, Instagram gives people Facebook brain, <laughs> and I feel like because of the lack of citations, because like just, they have those infographics, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Go off. And and like those, yeah, no, because like those infographics are crazy. Because I I really remember, um, you know when the one day protests in Cuba were happening when like, when like 500, like, you know, counter revolutionaries in Cuba were basically protesting, you know, it's like, it was a pretty small protest. Um, and of course the news media ate it up and it was like a story for weeks. Like, Oh, the Cuban people are like rising up against, against Cuba. They want change. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, there was this, extremely viral and popular Instagram. Uh, it was from a U.S. nonprofit, like red flag number one. But, you know, Instagram is known for basically doing these cycles of, um, or people post on Instagram with these cycles of, here's what's happening in the world and here's what you can do about it. Here's a travesty in the world and here's what you can do. Like what's really going on in this place. And in Cuba, it was literally like, here's, here's what's happening in Cuba. The people of Cuba are suffering and starving from a dictator and, and, and are like, and can't even eat and have to wait in long lines and, you know, like mourn for change, but their tyrannical government won't let them have it. And like got like, millions of likes and crazy amounts of shares and everything. And it was like, it was like straight up. I mean, like CIA, like talking points and I'm not being hyperbolic. Like it was like, it was just like us Imperial talking points that they were doing on Cuba, which have been around since like the middle of the 20th century. I mean, like, and people were just eating it up and people who even we like, will be like, Oh, like you're like, you know, like vaguely on the left or you're definitely not a reactionary type of person. I'd be like, oh, wow, these people are suffering and like reposted. And so like Instagram <laughs> is kind of like definitely like, oh, one, like no citations needed, but also a lot of like rampant misinformation can be spread on that platform. Yeah, it's really funny the way that people in our age set will make fun of Facebook users and I guess like baby boomers for the way that Facebook is rotting their brain. But Instagram is totally doing the same thing. And I think it is by design like that because whoever is making a post can kind of control what conversation is happening by just deleting the comments um or hiding comments and pinning the ones that they want to yeah you could like and now pin comments yeah when you share something it's not like there's anything that you can click on to go from there that's going to give you more information so it's just anti-citational by design even when people are making posts that I would agree with um, there's not like a place for them to share where they got that information from. Um, and TikTok is kind of the same way where people can control the conversation that's happening within their comments. So I think Tumblr probably again, because the Tumblr staff did not know how to run a website 
ended up creating the only one that enables actual discussion. Um, and because the format of it was longer rather than like the way the tweets are supposed to be pretty short, people were actually encouraged mm-hmm. to put citations behind their claims. And if they didn't, then right. it was assumed uh, by at least a lot of its users that it was misinformation. And because the the cycle on Tumblr was a little bit longer than I think Twitter's where things happen within a day um, or on TikTok, like you'll see a post that's like spreading wild misinformation and then you'll never see the, like the video that's debunking it on Tumblr. If someone posts like there's this rare disease that gives you purple eyes and it's going to make you completely hairless, but still fertile, um, but lose all your periods. Someone is going to like <laughs> reblog that and you're going to see it again on your feed in a few days being like, that is, that's actually not true. Um, <laughs> so you might still get suckered in the first time, you're be like, but how do I get that? I want that. Yeah, I totally believed in infinite chocolate. That was a real thing that I tried. I tried out because of Tumblr. Oh um, yeah. 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 I remember that. <laughs> that's that's in, in the what? idea that you could get a bar of chocolate and you could have it forever. If you just break off the pieces in a certain way, I don't know why I thought that that could work because of course, at some point you're going to end up with no chocolate, but like a half life. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, there's this like, gif. Well, if you think of like, I don't know, like, bar. Yeah, yeah, basically, like, if you, like, slash, like, the chocolate bar in the middle and then break that top middle part off mm-hmm. into two and then, like, have, like, a, like, a singular piece and then you, like, shift it all around and take off the singular piece, you'll still get a full chocolate bar but have a singular uh, piece to eat. Exactly. And I thought and, like, that was yeah. real. And people would put that on my feed and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have a a chocolate bar forever. And then a few days later, I would end up seeing it again with some person going like, you absolute idiots. Why would you think that this is real? So there is just more space for actual discussion, even if those discussions didn't always go that well. And I think that it was hard to be a Nazi on there because um, you would just immediately get dogpiled by everyone else. Um, and if you didn't want that to happen, you would have to lock down your account and be private. But then that would mean that you weren't able to share your ideas with people that weren't already in your social circle. So it was only people who were like willing to hold their ideas up to scrutiny that would have public accounts Um and I think that that was also part of why it would just trend its users more left, because I guess they were better at arguing, um, whereas the Nazis were just posting pictures of like Lana Del Rey um, and Eva Braun <laughs> <laughs> and like women from the 50s being like, remember this? And then people would be like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. <laughs> And, and make fun of them and make fun of their eyebrows and then they would get chased off the website. So in a way, it sounds like you're describing like a site that actually for some moment had something like the uh, liberatory promise of the internet, of like the California ideology, like a free 
a free uh, venue with no rules that allowed like, you know, information to spread freely and uh, like the good uh, ideas to rise to the top. Uh, it's a marketplace it, I mean, maybe, of ideas on Tumblr. A lot of bad, yeah, lot of bad ideas rising to know. the top also. Um, <laughs> a lot of very <laughs> okay. bad ideas rising to the top. But I think it, it did have more potential than a site like Instagram or Twitter or TikTok um, for the, the marketplace of ideas. And I, I really do think it might just be because the, the Tumblr staff were completely inept. In order to even use the website, I had to download like 50 different like extensions that would make it usable for me because otherwise it was just a complete wild west. I um, talk a little bit about this on Big Soy Naturals, I think, but I'm pretty sure that Tumblr is what popularized the idea of content warnings or trigger warnings because those existed mm. before, of course, but there was no way to hide posts that you didn't want to see on your feed if people didn't tag it with like describing what the content was. And so if you followed someone because you really with keywords liked, that you could select yeah, or something. Like their nature photography, but then they decided they like a few days later that they were just going to start posting like a lot of gore. Um <laughs> then if they tagged that and you didn't feel like seeing gore, then you wouldn't have to see it, but otherwise you would. Um, and so I think that that was what introduced a lot of people to the idea of warning people of what kind of content you were going to see before you engaged with it. And I think also kind of developed the idea that a lot of us do have around content warnings, which is like, having that warning so that you don't look at it rather than maybe having the warning so you can prepare yourself with how to engage to it because the way that we all used it was to just hide stuff that we didn't want to see. And that was why it was such a big deal if someone was posting something that was about a triggering subject and wouldn't tag it with the appropriate tags because unless you had a blog that was dedicated to just one subject, um, you were going to end up seeing some stuff that you didn't feel like seeing. Yeah. And on Tumblr, you're not going to see, uh, you know, if Tumblr was around in like, uh, Oh, two or Oh three and Instagram was too. Instagram will have like this, like infographic being like, here's what's going on in Iraq. <laughs> Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction <laughs> and he's using <laughs> chemical weapons on his own people. <laughs> you know, I remember when things were going on in Syria in like 2015 and someone did try to share like, you know, like US friendly style misinformation. And because it was a like a global platform, people were reblogging it and being like, you do not know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, here's where I live and here's what I've been experiencing. So I don't know where you got your information from. And I think that that just can't happen on a platform like Instagram. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like a really special platform. Um, we're really, really excited to hear you dive into just the whole world that I think a lot of people, including myself, are missing out on, on uh, Tumblr and really the, just the glory days of the internet in general on Big Soy Naturals. <laughs> Nostalgia is a liar, though. Nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a good creed to live by. Nostalgia is a lie, everyone. That's what we've learned today. <laughs> 
Uh, we're going to learn more about why that is on Big Soy Naturals, which is coming soon. Uh, you can also see Cerise and Steven on uh, Twitch on Clout Dynasty. And best, uh, really best Twitch show in the game, y'all. Y'all got to get on you. that. Thank you so much for coming on, Cerise. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming back to finish this yeah. up. MVP. Thank you. That's a t- that's true podcaster excellence right there. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, we're yeah, super glad to have you. This has been great. Um, thank you to our new patron, Danielle. Let's go. Uh, Welcome, Danielle. Uh, see you on the Discord. Um, and you know we'll all be there. C- Cerise is there in the Discord. Monia's there. You me mod? I'm there. Brian, Cassidy, <laughs> Colin. You you want to be really the mod of our, Honestly, you know, is, yeah, is there a mod, mod of our Discord? Make, There's make only one channel. <laughs> with one channel, which well, is the hashtag general it. channel. Not when I'm done with <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> Honestly, I do feel like we should deputize one of the like. There are some like, un, there are some people vi- vying for unofficial mayor of dis of our Discord. Who yeah, are I can tell. The time. People are running, and probably <laughs> we should deputize. We should make them like fight yeah, a duel and deputize one of them. Um, and then give become, them a fake title that has like a different <laughs> color but no power. They love that. <laughs> no, but it could then they could create all this all the channels mm-hmm. they want to their heart's content, and people could have all kinds of insane. You should let discussions me create all the channels pertaining. I think to that we housing. yeah we should just like <laughs> you know all these people are trying to work their way up a ladder, and then we yeah. do a um, we do an give external hire and just <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's even that's an even better idea. Someone <laughs> let's the next person. Okay, the next person to sign up on the Patreon and make a Discord account gets to be the mod of the whole Discord. It could be you <laughs> right out there right now. Offer not valid if if you cancel your Patreon account. Yes, and they could jockey for power amongst each other like Napoleon's yeah. generals. You know, you could have a yeah. team of mods. <laughs> We could warm up to one at one time, make the others feel jealous, so they try harder, and then get cold to that one who we put on top and gave like. We're, the special we're basically like just recreating like CCP party politics, but without any of the stakes. I think that there should be one oh, yeah. mod to represent each podcast host and their interests. <laughs> and their interests, yes, 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 to toe their line in. Yeah. In the Discord. Hell fucking yes. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. All right. Wait, I'm recruiting now. Manager. Send me your best post. Seriously. Oh my god. This uh yeah. This is like I feel like that is that that is like another like those are like words to live by for this podcast. No stakes. Just a lot of effort, a lot of effort for absolutely no fucking stakes. Uh, Friends, comrades, everyone, this has been... Yeah, the biggest take of all if you (laughs) think about it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Good call. That is the only stakes, uh, is clout. So with that in mind, thanks everybody. Uh, thank you to thank you Brian and Colin for being yeah, on the love first y'all. Half of this episode. Thank you, uh, 
Cerise again. Uh, this is fun. Super, we are super excited to tune in. Um, yes. I think we already said it early in the episode, but that's coming soon, right? That's like next week, right? We're going to yeah, get this. Yeah, it's coming this, this week or next week. Tonight, I'm so. not doing any of the work of editing it. Um, that's Kendall's job. So I really couldn't tell you, but it should be this week. So how, how can our listeners um, follow you? Do you have a Twitter or social media? Uh, my own uh, Twitter. For Big Soy Naturals okay. and your own Twitter. There we go. Uh, Big Soy Naturals is just Big Soy Naturals on Twitter. And I'm commodify this. Awesome. Also on Twitter. That's a great handle. Thank you. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Soy Naturals, the podcast with a presumably metaphorical title coming uh, to your phone anytime now. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Tell all the people that you see, follow me. Follow me. Greg, didn't you say, like, Jim Morrison or something? Like, I remember, like, this is like a old like classic classic as like episode um but for some reason it's in my mind like you're i think like you and brian were saying like jim morrison is basically like that like um like like crypto crypto reactionary art student or something who oh, like yeah, yeah. uh with like rich parents like that's basically who jim morrison oh, totally yeah. if if the if he was alive today would absolutely be like all so many of the other boomer rockers would be like a, a cranky old reactionary. I mean, there are real exceptions, uh, like Roger Waters, who's actually yeah. cool as shit. But um, yeah, no, he totally would be. I, I still like the Doors, though, and I think of them as basically like uh, a joke band. Like they were having fun. They after the first album, they basically knew, like, oh, we're doing, we're having a lot of fun doing music for fourteen-year-old boys, and it's getting us laid. Uh, let's just keep having fun with this because it's really funny. Um, so like One Direction. Yeah, so. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Basically, Greg doesn't you know. know One Direction is. One yes. Direction doesn't have, doesn't see, the difference is like with the Harry boy band Styles era. Like, looks like Jim Morrison when you think about it. Sure, yeah. He, he, could, he definitely is he, that wait, kind well, of ar- think, archetype. Do you think Harry British. Styles has a photo collection where he's doing the... Poses. I, 100% that exists. That has to exist. It has to. But like, Searching but now. Who's, but who's One Direction's fucking Ray Manzarek? The weird, bespectacled, like, piano genius who actually, like, makes the music good, you know? I feel like that might uh, be Zane. My... Zane. Zane was pretty, like, he was probably the most vocally talented one out of them. He was also the the brown guy, so it's fun if you look at the promotional materials for them at the time where they were like, Harry, he's like the fun, cute one. And I, there's two other guys that I, I don't know who they are. They're like the Kevins of the band, but one of them was like <laughs> the, the funny one, and the other one is the cool one. Niall just got to be Irish. He didn't have personality traits, I guess. And then Zane was like the mysterious one. <laughs> the bad boy. You will never guess his race. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The brown guy. <sighs> no, yeah, yeah. And like, well, in like really small fonts, it's like, no, but where are you from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have boy bands anymore. We just have Minecraft YouTubers. It's really sad. 
It's just another sign of um, em, em, imperial decline. Is I mean, it, 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 it really is. It really yeah. is. Like the Minecraft YouTuber um, fan culture has totally replaced boy band fan culture. There's so many um, fan fictions that are written about the different Minecraft YouTubers and their relationships with each other. And it's just a lot of like teenage girls freaking out over two like early 20s or like late teen boys like calling themselves or calling each other like gay slurs on Twitter being like, oh, aren't they cute? <laughs> why, they first play, off, why like, are we, why are we not Legos? reading this fan fiction? Why aren't we? Re- we should have this fan fiction in front of us and be doing a full production. Okay, let's. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's. We should start the show episode. here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll stop yeah, talking about like show. decadent yeah. U.S. and well, let's do it. Well, yeah, let's 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 bring in the show. Your life's come 